0: You're listening to Extra Takes, hosted by Northland Church lead pastor, Dr. Joshua Laxton. Tune in each week as Pastor Josh reveals the rest of the story behind his sermons. We'll discuss how those who follow Christ can live out a biblical vision for the church in the world today.
1: Well, hello, Northland family and friends. Welcome to another episode of Extra Takes. So this is our first take of 2024, and we have... Fully added the video capability. So, yes. hey, if you are tuning online and you're watching this, hey, welcome. If you are listening, old school way, and that's podcast way. You know how old podcasts are? I mean, uh, like old, old. If I had to guess, 15 years. Oh, gosh. No, longer. Like, longer? Really? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, I Back mean, in the 1900s? Uh, yeah. I can't remember if it was the late 1990s or early to, like right when. I mean, in mm. some sense, right when you had the dot com, the bus, like yeah. people even had podcasts. Like I was listening to, I think it was Seth Godin okay, that talked yeah. about how he had a podcast, like even before there was, blo- like, I mean, so before were, blogging. Before, but yeah. So they're old. I mean, old. I didn't I know. I guess that's relative, I guess. I didn't know podcasts were an old technology. I Look know. at that. Well, but I mean, now you got these online, you know, video features, but. But yeah, podcasts is just... For me, I do still listen to podcasts because they're easy to Mm -hmm. do while I'm walking or running. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Even though we did do one before the New Year for New Year. We did. Yeah. So, But this is the first time we're sitting here.
0: It is. And uh, we're excited for a year. We're going to do a couple things today. We will talk about the most recent sermon by Dr. Ed Stetzer. We'll also uh, spend a little time debriefing on how you spent your last couple weeks and uh, look forward to the sermon series coming up yeah. over the next month. Um, so this past weekend was representing Jesus and his kingdom. This was January 7th and 8th in 2024 from 2 Corinthians five sixteen through 21. The main question that Dr. Stetzer led us through was, how do we represent Jesus in His kingdom well this year? That's yeah, such a great question, and I do think it really sets up as we look at this being a um, the political season, a um, and the July series that we have coming up. The church and a divided democracy. So it's just really interesting to to start the new year with a series that challenged us to represent Jesus in His kingdom. Certainly. Every single year, it's going to look different every year. But uh, specifically this year, how do we do that? Well, um, understanding that we know that there's going to be some things about this year that might um, might be expected,
1: might be unexpected. But even though it is an election year, it is also an Olympic year. Oh, it is Summer Olympics. Yeah, so it gives us something else to look forward to. So that's awesome. It's interesting because. And what, what's fascinating is when Ed, you know, when he talked about it, it's an election year. Yay. I think I did something similar yeah. to that. And I got an email about, you, you know, because I'm doing it more from a uh, – and not because I'm dreading it. Mm. I, I, but but it, I want people to realize that it is a contentious time in the church these election sure. cycles have been. And so I'm actually looking forward to it because of the series that I'm going to do in June is what does the church mm. look like yeah. in a divided democracy? And so how do we live as exiles, basically, mm. you know, because, e- you know, because even though we, we do have a rich history here in America with Judeo-Christian values, America still isn't our home. Yeah. So we still have to get some understanding from from the Bible on OK, what, what do we do? So mm. so when I say, yay, you know, as 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 if I'm not like, you know, excited about it, one, I, I'm i not necessarily excited about all of the contention mm. and the visceral that believers have, because I do think it, you know, it weakens our witness, mm. because what's most important is that we are a good witness, not a stark advocate for whatever our political party or person is so. Nevertheless, like, no. So to that person who sent me the email, listen, I, I I do it just for effect's sake. I understand uh where we are going this year. And I'm actually quite excited about teaching and educating Northland and how we are to intersect this cold, you know, continuing on in this idea of this cultural moment that really is chaotic and divisive. So. I think it's going to be extremely helpful for our people. It's an opportunity for the church. Absolutely. So again, um, to separate
0: ourselves, be a light in a dark world. And, um, and yeah, every single year brings things that we're, we don't expect, yeah. but at least um, we know this election year, there are um, some things that we can't expect. Yes. Um, so looking at the sermon, he gave us four things to talk about. First was we get a new perspective from this passage. Um second we are sent on a mission of reconciliation. Third we are representing Jesus and his kingdom. And finally it's all because of the cross. Mm-hmm. So I want to just um spend some time on each of these and um and I have a couple quotes. This this is fun cuz cuz sometimes when we do this it'll be your quotes. Well, this time it's your former boss's quote. So you get to weigh in on some things that he said. So specifically for number one, we get a new perspective. Um, he said, we want to see people in the world the way Jesus sees people. There's really a challenge to us. A A whole lot of people are seeing the world by the way others want them mm. to see the world. Um, so if we recognize that that describes us, uh, uh, you know, the 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 beginning of the year, it's, it's a great opportunity for reflection and many of us are doing that with new year's resolution. So, um, so if we listen to this sermon and, and that one really hits us between the eyes, um, how, how might we change what's some insight that you can give us about, um, how, how might we move, move away from that, um, and, and gain a new perspective?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think there's a couple of ways, uh, to, to do it. And, and the first way would be to put your life under the authority of the word and let the let the word and both the written word and the the when i say the living word himself jesus so both the living written word and the living word himself let him dis, you know be the discerner of your heart mm. you know so so that's the first first thing i would say is let the word impact you to a degree to bring conviction on where you're not seeing things the way he sees them. Hmm. So that that would be number 1 and number 2. And well going back to number 1, that could be a devotional time that you're reading the word and so again, the first of the year is always a good time to either get a devotional book or uh, pick a reading plan hmm. and just start reading the word and and let the let, let, let the word dissect your heart also being under the teaching of the word. So that's why one of the Important elements of corporate worship gathering is being under the teaching of the word. So, so that that's number one. Number two is with other people that you trust around you. Yeah, it could be your spouse, it could be a friend, it could be maybe a small group leader that you just ask them, "Hey, what what do you see in my life? Do you Mm -hmm. see any blind spots? Because that's ultimately the fact that you can't see like Jesus is a blind spot. Right. And so a lot of lot of the times. We might need others to tell us where our blind spots are. Mm. So, so that 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 would be two. The last last one is if you do know, if you know that there is a blind spot that, let's say, you have anger issues, or let's say you want to be more active in your faith, or what? what I, again, I I don't know what it might be for you, but if you know there's an area that you want to grow in. Mm um then find find a book or a resource that's written from a godly perspective on that area mm. and read mm. so that 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 would be three ways I would say you can get a new you know kind of help get a new perspective but the one one of the elements that I really appreciated him saying and really want to stress is that when you look at where the church has been over the last several decades mm in this kind of caught up in this kind of uh, crisis in America. I mean, you could actually even extend it all the way back to the culture wars of the seventies, eighties and nineties. Uh, the culture wars have somewhat at least dissipated from, from the actual, you know, when I say verbiage vernacular, that is used culture wars. But nevertheless, we, you know, we, in, in our staff meeting today, we, we made a list of all of the crises mm-hmm. that have happened since even 2005. Yeah. And you have religious decline, you have moral decline, uh you even have this suspicion of what even is real anymore the redefinition of marriage and like, you have all you you, know, you have all of these things that are you know happening and so what what i think we you know kind of uh, need to do in terms of looking at our uh, all of the crises that have happened our perspective could have gotten jostled, and so that's yeah. what I really like is that when yeah. you look at all of the, the 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 elements that have happened in our culture, and in some sense, the church being in our culture, and in some sense being tossed to and fro, uh, our glasses could have couldn't gotten really could have in some people's cases, uh, you've lost your glasses, yeah, and they, they have fallen off your face. And you need to ask the Lord to, hey, where are my glasses? Because here's the thing: mm. if you can't see without your glasses, mm. you need some help picking them up, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, so you might need to ask the Lord, hey, uh, can can you remind me where I mm. lost my glasses? Mm. And maybe for some, maybe they, they 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 kind of jostled out of place where you do need to kind of recorrect them. But I I I mean, I believe wholeheartedly. That's why I'm trying to stress this point that for many Christians. Many Christians, and I'm talking about those in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, um, maybe even 90s. Um, that over the last 20 years, we we've gotten kind of rocked, mm-hmm. and so we just mm-hmm. need to make sure that we're seeing the way G because this is why, like I love it, like we regard no one from a worldly point of view. We don't look at anybody the way the world looks. We look at the world the way Jesus looks at. The world. That's the reason why Ed was stressing on, you know, stressing what you put on social media. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like because a lot of Christians want to attack people that they don't agree with. What well, Jesus ain't doing that. I promise you, He ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. And so, so those are things that we just got to make sure that we're 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 seeing the world and everything in the world. The way Jesus was seen. Mm. So let's just say, okay, let, let's look at the moral decline. Mm. Let's look at the religious decline. How does Jesus view religious decline? How does he view moral decline? Does he get angry mm. and vindictive? Mm. And like, I'm, I want to show you, no. Um, one, he's going to lament. Mm. Uh, he's going to pray. And then he's going to find out what. how can I engage, right? Now, some people would say, "Well, didn't he throw? You know, didn't he get really mad at the money changers?" Okay, well, yeah. Let's think about that. Mm -hmm. They prevented people by by upcharging uh, the sacrifice. That's what they were doing. That's what they like by by upcharging by having a like. It's kind of like when we go to like an Orlando Magic game, and you are like, "Oh my gosh, twelve dollars for a sprite? What? What in the world?" Like, yeah, they're upcharging. So, could you imagine that that if I needed a sprite? To to in some sense take into the Lord to kind of pour a drink offering out to Him instead of charging what it costs mm. for the sprite uh, that you know they're they're charging twelve times what it costs okay so mm. that's what the temple people were doing mm. is that it only costs this amount but they're upcharging so that they can make a profit on the fact that these. People needed the sacrifice in order to connect with God, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why Jesus got really mad at the money changer. So, so when when Jesus looks at a culture that doesn't know Him, mm. that's far from Him, that are sinners, that are waddling in, in in addiction to their sin, he's not he's not going all Rambo on them. Mm so you shouldn't either so so that's kind of where like you know that's why we we regard no one from a worldly point of view though we once regarded Christ in this way so because we were lost hmm. and we heard about Christ we we started you know we, we 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 kind of were were immediately drawn to this to this worldly view of Jesus but what happened, we we do so no longer. Why? Because therefore if, is, if anyone is in Christ, mm. he is a new creation. So at some point Jesus changed you. Mm. Jesus he he did that. You didn't do that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. again, and, and Ed stressed this is that uh we can't save ourselves. And and I've been, you know said it many a times is that you didn't choose Jesus, Jesus chose you. Yeah. And, and and so when 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 that happened and Jesus chose you and he awakened you to the fact that he's savior and lord and you repented of your sin and you proclaimed him as uh, that that's where that transformation occurred and part of that transformation and again I say part of that transformation is how we see mm. how we regard people mm. so so I really really love that point about yeah. you know the jostling of what's happened over you know time and just making sure that we readjust our glasses where we can actually see clearly through them.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. And and something that, that he talked about towards the end of the message, but I think that's, that connects to this idea, is him cautioning us of uh, consuming these worldview-shaping realities. And he really said, um, be careful what you put in. It comes out your mouth in the end. So I think that connects to to this first point of... As we are uh, d- discerning um, who we want to be, uh, how we want to follow Jesus, I think all of us can really be challenged with what are we consuming? Yeah. What are we looking at? What are we reading? Um, what news are we taking in? What news are we not taking in? What social media are we taking in? What social media are we not taking in? Yeah. What books are we reading? What scripture are we reading? What All of that, because it will then come out, right? It yeah. shapes us. It shapes our heart. It shapes our worldview. And I don't think we always, um, on a day-to-day basis, consider the, the reality of that. But that builds up.
1: Well, yeah. If you're I, – I think about it, like, you know, He you talked about talk news. He talked about cable mm-hmm. news and that many people are discipled mm-hmm. by both. Mm-hmm. And for years, I used to watch cable news. I actually don't watch anymore. I do have some apps and some news sources where I at least try to keep up to date on things. But it it, it it did occur to me, I mean, years ago, that if I'm still, you know, if I'm watching the same guy every day, day in, day out, who's railing against this side, it is going to shape my mind. And it just might be helpful, though. And I've had some, you know, friends and family members that, you know, have said that they, you know, that they watch, you know, other kind of cable news outlets just to see what the other side is actually saying. Yeah. Because, again, whenever you're trying to point, you know, kind of at least frame your point of view, you somehow and in ways you distort the other person's point of view so that you can be seen as as more right yeah. or better. And so, so I do think that, that, you know, even to your point, that we've just got to be cautious yeah. and discerning that we're not being fed by something that is displeasing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and and again, it's okay. I'm not saying don't watch these things, but just make sure that they're not shaping you in the way that you would see somebody else in a way that Jesus wouldn't see that person. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's so easy for us to, to, to
0: not, um, recognize in the moment how things are shaping us. Yeah. But as we, we've all experienced it, as you. Take a step back from whatever whatever you're consuming six months, a year later, you can really say, oh, yeah, this was really yeah. this was really conforming me and this was really shaping me. So we have the opportunity at the beginning of this year to consider that and to determine what are we going to let shape us in yeah. this coming year? Is it going to be the word of God or is it going to be something else? Because something will change us. Something something's will shape always, us. Yeah,
1: something's always shaping you. Always. Like that's the thing. Something's always shaping you. Mm. It's just what's shaping you. Mm. That's awesome. So,
0: so the next point um, was under this headline of the sent on a mission of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And he had this quote, he talked about the, the Great Commission Highway. Mm-hmm. He really challenged us and he said, don't let your life be a cul-de-sac on God's Great Commission Highway. And this idea of, of the gospel has continued and continued and continued to be some, because Somebody told somebody, and somebody told somebody. So, as believers, we can point to somebody that told us. Right? He even talked about Billy Graham. Um, he points back to a certain gentleman that that told him. Um, so, it's, I think that's a, a a tremendous visual for us to to recognize that um, we shouldn't just take for granted um, this message message that we've received. Mm-hmm. Certainly, at the beginning of our year, um, how do we you know start putting in steps? today so that we ensure that you know, even this year, not even just our life, but even just this year doesn't end in a cul-de-sac, that mm. the message doesn't just stop with us or go two houses down and end. So, so what are your thoughts on, on that idea?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great word picture, mm. you know, because we can envision a highway mm. that we know what a cul-de-sac is. If yeah. you go in and, and it, it doesn't, doesn't go anywhere, I mean, it goes in and uh but the good news is as it goes in that means it can at least come back out mm. you know so um but the the thing that i would actually say when you look at most christians you look at most churches they are living in the cul-de-sac mm. and what what is fascinating years ago i read oh gosh i can't remember the book um uh, uh, sidewalks of the kingdom i think is what it's called okay i think it's called sidewalks of the kingdom but it was actually almost like a theology of of urban engagement though. But but in this book he talks about how there was a, a progression though from the cities to suburbia hmm. to get away from all of the people. Hmm. And that when you look at this this in some sense this the, the, this migration from the cities To the suburbs, I mean, where do cul-de-sacs happen? The suburbs. They happen in the suburbs. They don't happen in the city. Mm -hmm. I mean, because if you look at the way cities are laid out, they are laid out in a grid, uh, Mm -hmm. not not in some sense like when I say a cul-de-sac circle where, you know, like a subdivision, you have one way in, which a subdivision is a cul-de-sac. It's just a larger cul-de-sac. Okay. So a neighborhood is connected by streets. And so there's there, there's no mm. cul de sac in a neighborhood that is in these urban centers. Now I know what some of you, you know, you know, Brandy, egg, oh, I go, I find one. I'm telling you how it's usually laid out in a grid uh, subdivisions. You go in, you come out the same way. Mm. It's not a neighborhood. That's why it's called a subdivision. Mm. And then those, those subdivisions, you have smaller cul de sacs. Mm. OK, so that's 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 kind of the essence of the suburbs. We want to get away from people. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you started to have the the, the creation of garages that close and used to, you, you know, again, when you look at generations and you look at, you, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, houses were built with big front porches because they were mostly in neighborhoods where they set out and they, eh, you know, everybody knew their neighbor. But as 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 it evolved into more of the 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 suburbia life, then you you had less of the front porches and more of the back porches. Hmm. And so where it, it's where everybody? I just want to be be by myself. Hmm. And so and I think that's what you know. If if Christians aren't careful, and this is backed up, I mean, this is backed up by research, is that the longer someone is a Christian the further removed they are from people who are far from Jesus. And mm. the longer a church is in existence, the further removed from the community they are. So what they have done is that they've moved from more of a neighborhood mentality to more of a suburbia cul-de-sac mm. mentality. Mm. And so I think that was a really good, again, word picture to understand, hey, don't don't become a cul-de-sac on the Great Commission Highway. Yeah. And and there are ways to to do that because I think they're— I think sometimes it might overwhelm people. I don't know how to share the gospel or I don't even know where, you know, kind of where to start. Well, you know, so, so a couple things that I would say is that you definitely can start by your living. Because Paul even says in, you know, in, in, in his earlier letter to the Corinthians is that, you know, that they are an epistle. Like their life is an epistle, uh, that God is using to communicate to the world. So, so yeah. that's where I think that that if, if you go back to the Sermon on the Mount, that live such good lives, yeah. Though they, you know, uh, so that they might see your good works. Uh, Peter's going to say that yeah. too in in his letter. So, so there is a focus on how we live. Now, it shouldn't stop there, but I do believe it should begin there yeah. because I go back to. Acts chapter one, where it says, "You shall be my witnesses." Well, you know, a witness does testify, but they're able to testify because their life is credible. Yeah. So, so that's why I don't, I, I don't want to divorce. You, you know, uh, sharing from showing. Mm. I think you need to show so that you build the platform to share. Because if you share without the platform of showing then to a world that that is going to look not not in the right way they're going to say well your words and your life yeah. your lips and your life don't match up yeah the the world is already skeptical yeah. So that's yeah. where I say you need to start with your life. So you 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 I mean you can pray before uh, your meal, uh you, you know you're going to be a person of integrity, you're going to tell the truth, you're going to be kind, you're going to be compassionate. Yeah. You're not going to seek vengeance. I mean like there's yeah. so many different ways that our life can truly embody the gospel. Start there. And then, you know, as you get opportunities and and, and Jane the Uber driver was a good, you mm-hmm. know, was a good example because yeah. She's just trying to create conversation, mm-hmm. and we we have one of our uh elders about to uh about to be a governing elder again uh dan uh, uh hardaway you know he he teaches evangelism here, he teaches a, an evangelism life group, but he's a huge advocate for just carrying on conversations yep. and that you can just ask hey, do you have any you know do you have any spiritual?" Uh, desires, or what? What is your spiritual life, or your religious life? Because yeah. people are in our culture context, yet yeah, re- religion is dying off. But but spirituality—I I don't want to say dying off. Re- re- religious affiliation is declining. I'm not going to say it's dying off, hmm. but spirituality is on the on the rise. Yeah. So, uh, but so you're just asking those questions. Yeah. Uh, but then you could even find the ways I, I wrote an article years ago called using language as a missional liturgy mm-hmm. just just how you know how we respond with our words so when someone says how are you doing like if they are far from the Lord maybe you could figure out a way not to be overtly you know kind of religious or spiritual but a way that doesn't answer the way everybody else because what do we, you know when somebody says how are you Almost everybody goes, I'm good or I'm fine. Yeah. Fine is usually, I'm fine. Is there, a, is there something else that you could use intentionally and yeah. just start using language as a missional liturgy? Yeah, you know. So, so those are just some simple ways to make sure that your life stays on the Great Commission Highway and you don't become a cul-de-sac. Yeah, a couple of thoughts on that. Some people will respond
0: with blessed, you know, just to see, use a term like that to see if that opens up any sort of conversation. Uh, Dan taught me the question. To your point, he said, um, "Tell me about your spiritual journey." Yeah, and I have been amazed at how uh, how receptive people are of that question. Yeah, uh, because it's personal, and uh, and people love to talk about themselves. They really do. Yeah, and it's kind of a a disarming way. Um, but if but if someone is asking that question and they are really earnest about it, I, I think you go back to number one, and it's it it, it can. It can feel boring and kind of a trite answer, but it's really like, go back to the basics yeah. of like, if you do have a desire, right, to be on mission, to share your faith, we can really evaluate, not not just what we've done in the past, but like, what are we currently doing in terms of our spiritual disciplines? Are we in the word? Are we praying? Are we praying for others? Mm. Um, you know, Pastor Gus says, uh, talk to God about man before you talk to man about God. So- mm-hmm if if you have a desire to have spiritual conversations with others um if you have anybody on your heart pray for them if you don't have anyone on your heart ask god to put people on your heart yeah i've done it and it's happened and it's amazing the the spiritual conversations that come out of that um a- after you know you spend time praying for the person and um and i'm currently yeah, i've been currently praying for some friends, some some family members, and it um, specifically for their salvation. And it is always fascinating to me how spiritual conversations come up in a way that I don't, um, I don't necessarily uh, intend for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you know other conversations with other friends, they ju- they just don't. Yeah. So I've seen some fruit with that. Um, so I would just encourage you, if you are earnest, don't forsake the. Uh, the foundational principles of, be in your word, pray. Yeah, you know, um, incur- talk with others, other believers, be be encouraged. Uh, journaling is is one thing that I've never really done, um, that I would love to do more of. Um, Kaylee has done that a bit um, with prayer journaling, but just kind of journaling the, their thoughts, but. It's something that really struck me during our, the pastor search. I, I think that was one of the commonalities of almost every candidate. Mm. All the pastors talked about journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a, a practice that um, more than anything else I heard um, pastor after pastor talk about how beneficial it is for them to, to get their thoughts down, their prayer thoughts down, their prayer life down, um, what they're learning in the Word and it's really, and I know you've you've talked about that as well. So hmm. I would just um I would just encourage anybody. Um I, I agree that sometimes it can just be this daunting thing. Um, but where there is a desire and there's an earnestness, I know that the Lord will meet you there. Yeah, and He will open up um, opportunities um, for you in that. Absolutely. Um, so let's move on to this uh, this third question on the sermon. Um, it has to do with this idea of representing Jesus in his kingdom and um, this idea of, of us being ambassadors. And, and what stuck out to me was um, s- something that that will be pertinent for us this year, but I know it was pertinent for us last year and the year before that, but um, we sh- we should be challenged and we should be encouraged and encourage others to represent Jesus and his kingdom, regardless of circumstances. And that's regardless of circumstances in our own personal life, but also in the life of our culture and in the life of the church. So what are some thoughts you have about that idea of representing Jesus and his kingdom, regardless, regardless of what else is happening?
1: Yeah, the, the, I mean, the thoughts that, you know, come to my mind is to really drill down on the ambassadorial language. Okay. That's a big word. Yeah. Ambassador- Look at that. Oh. Look at that. That's, yeah. Uh, lab- so, lab- 11 hey, lab- hey, hey, letters or something. I don't know. Uh, i going to count that up. Uh, because he, the ambassador lives in a foreign country while belonging to another country. Mm. And so... There, there, in lies. There's going to be a lot of things that happen in and around where he lives or she lives that they don't agree with. Um, that they're going to be, um, you know, uh, susceptible to uh, in, mm-hmm. in the sense of just living in the close proximity. Mm-hmm. And so, when you take this, you know, from from this kingdom level, all right. So you have the kingdom of God that we are part of, that we are citizens of already but not fully yet. So, you know, if you're watching online, so you got the kingdom of God over here. It's perfect. It's harmonious. Everything operates according to its design and it, it it it's it's coming, but it but it's not here yet, but there's this extension that we are citizens of this kingdom, but right now we live now in the the kingdom and the kingdoms of 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 man. And so in the key, you know, in the kingdoms of man, uh, things are fallen, things are broken, things are still sinful. Um, uh, We we are still susceptible to to all of the brokenness Hmm. in all of our spheres. So, um, so, but what we are called to do now, and that's one of the things I'm getting excited about with this upcoming message really about the church, is that ecclesia. it actually was a, it was a Greek word that. Was more of a not, uh, it was more of a kind of a governmental kind of term mm. where it was an assembly of the called out ones. Mm-hmm. So they would take, you know, they, they would take kind of the population that uh, they would find some, you know, kind of leaders, uh, some authorities, uh, they would call them out and they would form an assembly to work for the common good of the city. Okay. Mm. Well, so the ecclesia. We are the so here's the thing. We are the called out ones from from uh from from the population from from the kingdom, the nation that we were uh we were living in, we are the called out ones. So we're separate hmm. but we're actually now as an assembly, the the church, we're an assembly uh, that's part of now this this whole other kingdom now sent back in to work for the common good. Hmm. And of the nation in which we were saved from hmm. and, and and so that that's so 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 important because because now our authority lies here, and we're to represent that authority here while working hmm. on behalf of of the nation uh, the community in which we live for their good. Hmm. And, and so, I mean, and again, if you think about, well, okay, what what's their good? Well, their good is to be reconciled. I mean, that goes back to the ministry of reconciliation uh, because they are separated from God. Right. Right. So it would re- really be good for them, it, you know, eternally speaking, yeah. but not just eternally speaking, uh, just from a a human perspective uh, speaking, because when they are reconciled to God, they begin to learn what god their creator has formed them to be and do mm-hmm. you know so it yes sure would be really good if they were reconciled to god but it would be really good if you eliminated poverty it would be really good if you you know eliminated division racial division uh, uh, gender inequality uh, educational inequality like, so what is the church doing mm-hmm. because here in god's kingdom there is no poor there is no sick there is mm-hmm. no needy like you, you can read that of how god foreshadowed that in israel and how in the new kingdom, uh, because that's what Jesus foreshadowed too in all of his miracles and what he did. All he's doing is pointing to in God's kingdom, in his full on out consummated kingdom, there is no lame. There is no disease. There is no poor. There is no needy. And so what he's showing in all of that is what the inbreaking kingdom of God looks like. So, so in some sense, Jesus, although he is the king, um, Uh, of God's kingdom, what he is doing at his first coming is foreshadowing what will one day fully come. Hmm. And so what Jesus did at his first coming in his ministry, we actually do today. So we got to find ways uh, to represent God's kingdom. And as we do that, it actually would be for the common good of where we live. Hmm. So. Amen. So that's what I think about that. That's all. number three. <laughs> representing Jesus and and His uh, kingdom. That that's why, I like you know, when I when I think about even about the ecclesia mm. and this idea of ambassador, uh, but uh, but an ambassador, where 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 does he or she stay in? Where do they operate from? An embassy, okay? So so the church is full of ambassadors, and when the church gathers. That That is kind of more of an embassy, hmm. okay? And so, and it's in that embassy that we ought to, because again, when when you think about an embassy and an ambassador, and I've never been actually in, uh, in, an, in an embassy, I mean, I've seen ambassadors and stuff, but I do know this, is that that embassy is land, that is a land, and where that building is, that is seen as uh, the homeland. So like, you know, so like the local police can't just barge into the embassy, you you know, because that, that is their territory that has been carved out and given kind of to them. And so when the church gathers together, Mm. we are like this embassy of the kingdom. It's like now this outpost. Mm. So you come in here for, for comfort, for encouragement, to get Mm. just one, kind of a glimpse of the, of the homeland, but then you're sent back out you know as ambassadors so so it's really great again uh, it, it, you know, it's a great imagery of mm. the church gathered as an assembly but also the church scattered as the assembly as well yeah that's that's a
0: great imagery of of coming in this this is idea of of sanctuary um it is an outpost but then there's there's always this
1: sending back out. And then to take take to take just even one step further especially in an election year and how we're trying to figure out this this new context in which the church is operating in but God never called whether it was in Babylon as exiles or in the New Testament we we don't see Paul saying you are sent out as ambassadors to change the culture to make the culture the embassy of the kingdom. You don't see that. The the church is the embassy of 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 the kingdom, an outpost of, of the you know soon coming kingdom. But when we are scattered and sent out, it is for the common good. You're trying mm-hmm. to work within the, the the systems of man because one of these days Jesus will come back a, a second time, and the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of us. So that that's coming, but but. We're not called to do that, right? Jesus right. is the one. Now we're called to be witnesses. We're called to be ambassadors, representing, reflecting, but not forcing people to cave in. You know, in some sense, forcing people to convert, forcing people into the conformity around the kingdom. No, yeah. no, 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 yeah, like that. That's not what we're called to do. Yeah, it's it's the already and the not yet.
0: We get to participate in the the transformation, but that full total transformation. That's not our job. That's Jesus's, and that's it's not the time that's for him to do. Yeah. Um, so that's great for us to uh, to remember. Um, I'd love for us to to shift into uh, a couple questions about kind of moving forward. So before we do that, any other
1: final thoughts about the sermon? Well, the only thing I would tie up there is that his last point was you know huge, and it was because of the cross. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't, you know, can't. So it's a, it's a cross centered life. That's mm-hmm. why you know we we talk about being a Christ centered. Uh, Christ centered is also when I say the, the, this cross centric life because, you know, Jesus going to a cross, he died so that we might live. Mm. And so the reason why we should, you know, look for a new perspective, you, you know, Jesus perspective, the, or a reason why we should want to live on mission and not in the, this comfortable cul de sac. The reason why we should want to represent Jesus and His sure. kingdom well yeah. is because of the cross, what He mm. did mm. for us on the cross. That is the motivating factor. We are motivated not by the cross as an as just an emblem in isolation. We are motivated by what Jesus did mm. and accomplished on the cross, and so that that is the ultimate motivation. Which is why, you know, going back to a, a phrase that He said that. Oh, you, you don't need to turn over a new lease on life or a new leaf. Uh, yeah, yeah. New, well, a new lease on life or new, I guess a new turn up a new leaf. Yeah. Turn over a new leaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, you need a new life. And the only way you get that new life is by accepting what Jesus did for you mm. on the cross mm. through his death and then his resurrection. Because the resurrection was so important because if he did not, uh, raised. Uh, if he was not raised from the dead, then it it would have discounted everything he had said he did on the cross. Yep. Yeah. You know, so the resurrection validates what he did through the crucifixion. So that's why we say death and resurrection. Yeah. So, but but yeah, because of the cross, we do all those things. So yeah, just wanted to stress that.
0: Amen. Yeah, that that's helpful to 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 keep that in mind. That is the reason we are doing all of those things above um so as we look forward to uh to this weekend I, so i have two questions um one i want to kind of kind of look back over the last couple weeks of of what you've been doing and then we'll look forward to um to this new sermon series
1: that you said Something to the effect of of buckle up. So oh, buckle up! Yeah. Uh, well, so so a couple of things. I, I've been finalizing my ministry action plan, and so for those of you who are watching online, this, this is a printout. Of my ministry action plan, so I mean it's uh, double sided and many pages, and so in color, you might yeah in color well, yeah, I mean I, I guess I could have picked black and white, but it was it was in color, and you might say, well, what's in your ministry action plan? well, you know a couple of things one uh personal goals uh professional goals that I have as as kind of the pastor um and then we go into our church overall goals, what we would like to see just from an attendance. Standpoint, a a budget standpoint, uh, baptism. I mean, that's a huge one. Is how many people do we want to see that we're asking the Lord uh, for us to be able to to reach and engage uh, where they come to faith in Christ. Um, So, and then even some mission goals that we want to see a certain amount of micro churches started this year. So, so I, I put those down, and then what I do is I take the four things, and this is what our series is about of. Uh, connect, cultivate, care, and commission. So I take the four things that that believers do, and this is based upon the New Testament. Yeah. These are four things that believers do that engage in God's mission. So we connect with God and others. We cultivate disciples and leaders. Uh, we care for people and resources, and we are commissioned to neighbors and nations. So I take those four Cs and I start looking at the breakdown of our divisions, mm-hmm. and so and then I give them, you know, and then I'm I'm asking the Lord. What's one thing that I think we can do in this division that I think will move the needle for an overall goal? And so and I'll put that down and I'll give that to uh the, the executive director or the senior staff that's over that division. And so that that's what this ministry action plan is. So it's my nuclear football. I, I carry it everywhere I go and every single week yes. when I have staff meetings, I look at it and this is how this is how we're gauging what we're doing in 2020, you know, 2024. So, so I've, I've done that. Uh, A couple other things that, oh, you get. I was going to say, so,
0: so as an example, uh, one of the goals that you have for commission for this year has to do around serve day. So you laid out for us, let's have the largest serve day that we've had in the last five years. Yeah. So that number is 235. Okay. I was thinking it was bigger. Okay. so, 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 yep. So the, 260 was the number of sign ups for one of them okay. but show
1: ups was 235, 235 so our number is 236 okay. is the next survey uh, March 9th March 9th okay so uh all right so here's what we got to do right now or right. you know this the, by the end of this week okay all right we got to create go ahead and create a sign up sheet yeah because the people who are listening right now I need you to go sign up okay so cuz I think we got about I, I, I know several hundred every single week that listens immediately. We do. Yeah. So, so so we'll have 12 to 15 different
0: projects. Yep. Um so yeah, so we'll start having those projects.
1: So the bigger I think soon. we oh, well wow. I listen, I believe we can do it. I believe we I mean we can get over 230. I get so. over 230. I believe so. So it's coming. So that's So that's, so that's just an of example got, of how how
0: how laying out a goal like that will will kind of galvanize the focus, yeah, um, to make sure that you know what what you see is important, what we see is important. We are we are aligned, and we are
1: moving all in the same directions. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's one thing I was doing, and then really two other things that I was doing is one, thinking more about the life cycle of a sermon or a life cycle of a sermon series. Okay. And so I, so I had I had kind of jotted down that—and the reason why I thought about this, and I've been thinking about this for years, which is one of the reasons why we started Extra Takes, yeah. is, you know, I spent so much time developing a message, and then especially, you know, most of my messages are contained within a series. So you put a lot of effort, you know, cumulatively speaking, into a sermon series, and most of the time— uh, people forget what you preach i even forget what i preach right so so when you spend that much investment you want to see a little bit more of a return okay so that's where i started thinking about this life cycle of a sermon or a sermon series and so so you preach it and in some sense after you preach it it goes on to an on demand you know site on our website right this yeah. you know stays in youtube stays in facebook i mean but so you preach it and it kind of remains on demand yeah if you want to go back and listen to it but then the second is the podcast so that's where extra takes came we we talk about the sermon more in detail like because we you know even for ed uh preaching we can talk a little bit more about the kingdom because i I, I can promise you like so for instance we got an email over <laughs> uh over Christmas and it was from somebody i I don't know if they come on the weekend, but we know that they're Teenager is connected. Okay. But they were worried that we were were moving away from what they believe. Okay. And when they started to articulate why they felt that way, they said, well, we're not Seventh-day Adventists. You know, that they weren't Seventh-day Adventists, but we kept on using the word Advent. 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 Well, it was Christmas. Sure. So uh, Advent is simply means coming and so we celebrate advent the first coming of jesus and so after we you know after you know it was explained to her she was, oh oh but mm-hmm. what it just showed is that you take something like a simple word like advent and people just immediately think that oh i'm not that why hang on sure. like well let's make sure that we're understanding each other right and mm-hmm. So that's why one of the things I love about Extra Takes is that we can take a concept like an ambassador. And yeah. we can really, really expound on that because yeah. you, you don't have all of the time in the world to expound on that. Yeah. Like reconciliation. Didn't really have a lot of time to expound on that. So you are divided. You are separated. And so just think about whenever you have a, like a riff with maybe your spouse or or a friend or maybe even a family member. There's this riff. There's a separation. But, it, but if you're going to bring each other back, if there's going to be this reconciliation, this coming back uh, together in right standing with one another, something has to happen. Mm. Uh, so, and and almost 100% of the time, there has to be some kind of movement towards uh, like a confession, a repentance, mm. and a forgiveness. Well, mm. in in this case, we don't have to forgive God. Mm. Uh, God is perfect. God is Holy, we're the ones that need to be forgiven, but we're also the ones that need to ask for forgiveness because we're the ones that messed up. We're the mm-hmm. ones that rebelled against him. So, but Ed couldn't go into all of that, right? And, and so, so that's one of the things I love about you know our podcast. So you preach it, you podcast it. Uh, one of the things I'm going to start doing more this year is I'm going to start pinning it, okay, which gosh, means I'm, I'm... going to i want to I'm going to convert it into an article oh, so okay. it can live via an article. So obviously I won't be able to, because most of my sermons are anywhere from 3,000 to 4,000 words. So I'm not going to write a two, you know, three, 4,000, you know, word article, but trying to take that and condense it into a kind of a one thought type thing. Mm -hmm. So we're going to pin it, then we're going to post it on social media. And so that could be the main point. Uh, that could be a clip. I mean, we're we're going to really try to post it, mm. um, and then we already do this. But again, I, I I put it within the life cycle of a sermon. But but we have ponder points, mm. and so that's through our digging deeper. And so, if you want to be on our digging deeper uh, email, so so Barb. Uh, Barbara Olson, she creates uh, these ponder points, mm. where uh, it, it, it's basically a, a detailed outline of the message yeah. with several questions and a reading plan mm. for that week to coincide with what what was just preached on. So, so if you would like that digging deeper or these ponder points, as I would call them uh you can email barb olson so it's barb b a r b dot olson o l s e n at northlandchurch dot net and um uh, so she'd love love to you know get you in on that email and then uh the last two would be uh publish and then produce um and so publish like some series you know don't, you know some series would not warrant a book but like uh, I did a giving series or the Ruth series, it was a uh, it was a four week series. It could be converted into an ebook, so something like you, you know forty, fifty, sixty pages, um, and and it could be an ebook where you get it. So um, and then the public is so Jim Hogue who runs uh, who runs Z eighty eight point three. He's a long time Northlander. And so we've been talking about creating a a feature uh a Z88 uh, with, with me. And so so it will be the main point with Pastor Josh. And so and so what what I would want to do is take uh, a sermon that I've done and I always have a main point. Yeah. And so we take that main point and I do basically a message in a minute, you, you know, with that main point. And so that becomes the life cycle of mm-hmm. a sermon series. So that's what, one of the things that I, I worked on that's awesome. And then the last thing that I worked on because at the end of the day, like God has called me to pastor. And so the question that I wrote was how do I pastor well? Like you know, how, how do I shepherd? How do I engage people? How do I how, how do I do that well? Uh, I mean, again, with, with, with so many people, but but even in this one of the things that you know, I, I think sometimes people cuz I've been in both small, mid you know, large size you know, churches And it's always hard to, to engage everyone, even if it's a church running 150, 200, it's hard for one person to do that. But, but I still, nevertheless, you know, I want to pastor well. So, so a couple of things that I wrote down that, uh, that I do or that I can do more of is the, the weekend gathering. So how do I pastor well in the weekend gathering? Well, that's, that's where I, I need to prepare well in preaching, hmm. but that's why I'm always present and accessible before hmm. the gathering mm-hmm. and after the gathering. So if you need to talk to me, if you want to talk to me, if you want to come by and say hi, if you have something that you want me to pray for, like I that that's why I, I do those. So so this weekend gathering extra takes is another way that I really try to pastor well because yeah. this is another way of. Getting what's in my head out to people because God, yeah, I mean, it's part of you know what he's called in terms of shepherding and pastoring is that what he's done in me, I want to share with others. So mm-hmm. all of the things that he has given me from a biblical understanding, I, I want to share. And you can't say everything on the weekend, so uh, so that's extra takes. Uh, social media, this this is one where. I've always struggled mm. with my understanding of social media because mm-hmm. I don't want to promote myself. Like that is not what I want to do. And I see so many people basically promoting at least from how smart they are, how, you know, what they get to do. And, and so, but mm. I do think that social media can be a way that I leverage pastoring. And so- uh, here's what I would love to hear back from uh, you all. Uh, so the community, our, our my, my Northland family and friends. So whether you are listening via podcast or uh, through the video, like if you could email me at pastorjosh at net and just just share uh, what you would like to see me post about. Hmm. You know, so again, because I, I don't want social media to be about me, uh, but I do feel like, I can leverage it to pastor well. So if you want to tell me what, I, what you would love to see me post about on social media, that could be Facebook, Instagram. I am going to start TikTok because that's actually where the younger generation is. So, so I, I love to leverage that. So that's one way. Hmm. Uh, and then writing. I, I've always loved writing. I knew that coming here, uh, cause can you believe in March, I'll celebrate two years. No, here? I can't believe it. Two years. Wow. I mean, like two years here. I mean, that, yeah, that would, you know, then, then you fast forward and it would have been like, uh, you know, two, uh, two years, four months or something. So we started engaging, but. But I knew that moving here, coming here and all of the work that needed to be done, I wouldn't have the time to write as I needed. And that, again, I love writing. Um, So I think in this year, 2024, I'm I'm able to carve out just a little bit more time to to write more, which is part of the, you know, again, the life cycle of a sermon series that I, I can actually write a little bit more. But. I also want to go above and beyond the just like the writing for for just the sermon. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of things that I can write on that will help educate our church as to why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, What are the challenges that the church is facing, not just Northland, but the church in general? So I want to write more. And then, uh, you know, people know this, but we've really, Joni and I, we've tried to be accessible and. That that's the double edged sword. So we have a we have a long list of people that want to do dinner dinner with us. So we, but we still want to do that. That's a way that we want to pastor well. And then the last place that I or last thing that I put is that you know I want to be present at more Northland Ministries. Not to do anything, mm-hmm. but just to be a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that I'm showing up. Now again, I, I don't have unlimited time. But I do throughout the year. I can show up to a student event. I can show up in the children's area. I can' show up at a life group. I can show like <laughs> so I want to make sure that I do that. so those are things that uh and they're not necessarily part of my map. These are things that for for me I, you know i I had the time you know' so I'm grateful for the time that I had over the kind of the christmas break and uh and so these these are some things that the Lord you know, I feel like kind of gave to me to kind of write and keep in mind as, as we progress in 2024. Wonderful. That's a great list. Um, so to wrap it up, let's look forward
0: to the next five weeks. We've got this weekend on church membership, and then we're going to dig into this Engage series.
1: Well, yeah. So, so this week, so and that's where this is kind of almost like a, a um, like a, a prelude. Yeah. To like, so it could have been part of the sermon series, yep. but, uh, but I'm, just yeah. I'm just setting it up. Yeah, just setting it up because I'm. I'm, and I actually think it's probably probably going to be one of the at least top three messages that I've ever given since I've been here at Northland. Most important, really. It, I, I do believe because I'm setting up the understanding of why church. Like, I mean, because. And I think the main point is going to, I'll go ahead and give you the main point, uh, or something to the effect is that the, the, the church was not a religious invention. It was created by divine intention. Hmm. Like, and so that's what I want to flesh out because hmm. it, because it, I, I think in our cultural context, I, I do think that we have forgotten what what you know who the church is. Why did the church even come about? Uh, and then this whole idea: how does the church relate to God's mission? Mm. I, I won't be able to know. Mm. Is that the church did not create God's mission? God's mission gave birth to the church. Yeah, and so in that yeah. that's actually extremely important to understand mm. as we move into. The engage series of what we do as God's people, as God's church, to engage in His mission. Yeah, yeah, you you know, because those four C's are what we do as believers, who are, who are part of a church, to engage, to participate in, to to be active in God's mission. But but unless you understand who the church is and why it is so important you'll you'll never engage in these four disciplines as as God's people to participate in his mission so that's why like it is so important that we understand because i do believe that our our, our culture by and large and i'm talking about like uh, the subculture of christianity inside american culture we have lost sight of the importance of church and again and, and uh, I, I'm going to have a little fun. This is why I'm going to come out swinging. When I said I was going to come out swinging, this is what I, I got so nervous. I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to tell you why. Okay. Okay. So I've created at least seven myths of church, of what we say, in some sense of what I've heard Christians say, what I've heard, you know, the cult, you know, the American culture say about church, that is a myth. It's not true. Hmm. And so I want to have fun with that, you, you know, uh, but- yeah, you know, you remember what uh, one of the things that I did in the Christmas Eve, you, you know, message where I talked about why you may have had you may, my, why you might have de-wonderized Christmas, and some of them were a little punchy. Oh yeah, oh these are gonna be a little punchy. That's what i was saying. Well, I'm coming out swinging, but it's so like I'm telling, you, I'm getting animated. And you can see me like I, it's so good. I'm telling you, it is so good because uh, I, I want to de I want to debunk these myths mm. and set it up. To actually give a biblical overview of, of how the church even came to be and what the New Testament teaches hmm. us about church.
0: So, when we think about the life cycle of a sermon, it sounds like there's some good opportunity to, to write an article. After this,
1: oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah, there'd be, yeah, be be a really good yeah article about, but and actually, you could actually convert it into multiple articles because, like, one of the things I'm, gonna, you know, I, I'm not going to expound on it here, but uh, I, I'm actually going to go over all of the words that are used in the New Testament to to explain or to give an image of of who the church is. Hmm. So like, for instance, the church is the bride, mm-hmm. the church is the, you, you know, so I'm going to go over all of those imageries, you know, because I think that's so important because, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just so important. I'm, I, I don't want to give yeah, don't too much. do spoil it. Yeah. But it is uh, like, like, and I do believe because we're living in a time where we are losing our biblical literacy, meaning understanding the Bible. So we're living more and more into a time of biblical literacy where, like i don't take these for granted anymore like i've i've known them for de- i mean for decades uh but and in some sense when when they become so familiar you know to you, they can almost lose their wonder of course but and, and their meaning and so but when you look at how the New Testament authors depict the church it's fascinating mm-hmm. and then when you understand the church in the context of 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 history uh, of God's redemptive history, you're like, well, that's a that's a that's a no brainer of why the church is that important mm-hmm. and what the church, you know, and what the church is supposed to do. So, uh, yeah, awesome. so don't if, if if you need to be here, don't you need to sense. be here in person. And if you can you're all, yeah, obviously you're, you're traveling or whatever you may do. Please, please at least either engage in or listen to it because it's that important. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's that important. Awesome. Looking forward to it. So I think we'll we'll end there for today. Awesome. Well, Northland family and friends, thank you for listening to the, really the second episode of 2024. We are super, super grateful that you took the time to uh, tune in. We love you. Blessings. Thanks for listening to Extra Takes. Be sure to follow us on
0: Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you won't miss a single episode.